What a tremendous joy it is to be here tonight, and our sister, what a joy it is to uh, see you stand and represent uh, God's people. Thank you for all that you've done, and my wife and I am, uh, enjoyed watching you on the internet, and it was like, yes! Amen. So to be here with you is uh, just a tremendous blessing. Uh, I think uh, the, my favorite text is always my testimony, uh, Psalms 126. And, and tonight, uh, I, I'm excited, uh, as it's been three or four years since we were last here, uh, we have another church plant. Uh, we had the privilege of starting to work in uh, Bediaco. Uh, Brother Prosper Safube, a young man who's been with us for uh, at least 15 years, is uh, leading that work, and great things uh, are happening uh, there in Bediaco. Uh, tonight, I want to just draw our attention to a text, very familiar text, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, if you would, uh, we're going to be reading verses 1 and 2. If you can't, would you stand on your feet for the reading of God's word? Uh, and today uh, is a very special day. Today's my wife's birthday. Amen. And so uh, it's uh, her. She also has really made the day to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, looking. Amen. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the Arthur and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You may be seated. Father, we do thank you tonight for the privilege to, Lord, come to your word. And I pray, Lord, that as we look at these passages and Lord, uh, that you would just speak to our hearts and that you would encourage us, that you would strengthen us. And Lord, that we would, uh, Lord, leave tonight, Lord, with a determination uh, to, Lord, be all that you would have us to be, that, Lord, you would receive the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, the book of Hebrews, uh, we see Christ as better. Uh, he's the better revelation in chapter 1, verse 4. He's the better hope in chapter 7, verse 19. He is a better priesthood in chapter 7, 
verses 20 through 28. He is a better covenant. Chapter 8, verse 6, a better promise. He's a better sacrifice in 9, verse 3. He is a better possession in chapter 10, verse 34. He's a better country. He is a better resurrection. We see Christ's finished work in the fact that he sat down. And so the Apostle Paul and his writing style uses uh, the familiar example of a race. He uses also the example of, of an architect. In this particular passage, he uses a race. And as I looked at this text, I couldn't help but to remember the 1994 Olympic trials. A young man by the name of Derek Redmond. He had given him his life to, to shave off just if it were a hundredth of a second that he would be the fastest man to run the 400 meter race. And if you know anything, I, the sport that I participated in is track. And, and I'll never forget the fastest race that I ever ran. I, I ran the 120 high hurdles. I had the wonderful privilege of training a young man who would go on to be the fastest hurdler in the world. And one of the things about running a race is that you become unaware of anything around you other than what has been set before you. And as Derek Redmond had, had given himself to, to all of the disciplines to, to mold his body and to develop his mind, because can I say to you tonight, running is not just all physical. There is a, a mental aspect of it that that you must master, and, and, and when you enter the blocks, as you would in most athletic activity, there's a certain routine that you would go through to prepare for that event, and, and Derek Redmond did that that day on the Olympic trials. On the mark, get set, and the gun fired. As he exited the blocks, it was, it was very clear that he was going to be the winner. He, he closed the gap between he and the, the, the person in the next lane. And, and, and it was just one of those races. If I, I don't know what, what sport makes you uh, get up and your eyes uh, get big and you drop back and then you go forward. That's called ah. 
you know, uh, I don't know which one does that to you, but it's track. And, and so it was one of those moments that as, as the, he came from the blocks and he was uh, in the first hundred meters of that race, it was like you stood up and said, I'm actually watching the greatest athlete to run the 400 meters. He entered the second curve and it was just unbelievable. His stride, his, the, the movement of his body was, was just unbelievable. And, and he entered the third curve. And as he entered the third curve, it was like, ah! And as he exited the third curve, his hamstring ruptured. He fell to the ground. And... You could see the, the agony in his face and, and the suffering of, of that loss of an opportunity. But he put, pulled himself off of the ground and he began to hobble. Way up in the stadium, you could see one individual that was literally running through the crowd, running down. And he ran down, he pushed off the security guards and he jumped over the fence and he pushed away the referees and he ran to his son. And that father put his arm around his son and began to walk with him to the finish line. Something was very remarkable about that. It was, it's something that stood out to me is that, that there was communication that that took place between father and son that indicated, keep your eyes on the finish line. Yes, this is a moment of agony. Yes, it's a moment of, of, of great hopes dashed, but keep your eyes on the finish line. And in this text, the, the, the admonition that we are given is to keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen. The author and the finisher of our faith. Can I say to you this morning, this evening, because he is the author and he is the finisher, you may not like the page you're on right now, but you can keep your eyes on him. Because he knows the beginning. He knows all from the beginning to the end. And he's telling us to keep our eyes on him. This morning and this evening, I want to just challenge you from this text with a question. How do you look? How do you look? There's about five different ways that I have here that I want to maybe ask you. Are, are you looking in those ways or one of these ways? The first look is the downward look. The scriptures in Psalms 42, verse 5 and 11, 
says these words. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God? Can I, can I say to you this evening, if our hope is in the Lord, all the things that, 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 that are going on in our world that, that seem to, to cause so much uh, vexation and, and so much grief and so much uh, unpleasantness, and it, we don't have to be cast down because our hope is in the Lord. The scriptures tell us that if our hope is in him, there's no reason to be under the circumstances. Why? Because our hope is in the Lord. Can I say to you this evening, God is looking for some men. He's looking for some women. He's looking for some boys and girls that would stand with their hope in Christ alone. Some take a downward look. But there's another look that many take, and thank God for those who do. Some take an upward look. Psalms 120. One says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. John 3.14 says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Can I say to you tonight, take the upward look. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't, don't, don't allow all that's going on in this race to change your gaze. Can I say to you that Christ is the source? Christ is the course and Christ is the transmission. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Some take a downward look. Some take an upward look. But there are those who take an, an inward look. And, and I want to just say to you tonight, there's deliverance from the inward look. B because when we, when we look inwardly, many times we can become discouraged. We, we can become self-absorbed. We can be, uh, become uh, self-aggrandized or, or lifted up. But, but when we allow the Holy Spirit to keep us in check, to keep us in balance. We have a different look, even though it's an inward look. And the scripture says this in 2 Corinthians 5.15. It says, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth 
live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Can I say it again? God's looking for some men. God's looking for some women who would not take the inward look, but who would take a look out and see the need. I, I look around and I see the flags and I, I, I hear the burden for our nation and our, as our sisters going forth and doing the great work. I thank God for those who have removed themselves from self, self, and see the need and take the lead. God is able to help us to have an upward look. But there's also another one. It's the outward look. John chapter 4, verse 35 says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the field, for they are white already unto harvest. God, that we would keep an outward look, that we would continue to look and, and know that God wants us to do more. That we would reach a lost and dying world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. How? Keeping our eyes on Jesus. The downward look, don't want to have it. The upward look, must have it. The inward look, to look outward even as we see the hurts and the pains that we're experiencing, then the outward look, God, that we would grow in that area. Luke chapter 10, verse 2 says, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest is truly great, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. Can I say to you all, tonight we're all missionaries. Amen. Amen. There's a place that God has sent you that I can't go. Amen. And there, there's a work that God has given you that only you can do. God, that you would see that field and that you would work that field like it all depends on you but knowing that it all depends on God. Some take a backward look. My, my, my. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 says these words. Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. You know, as a missionary, I had something super exciting happen uh, 
uh, on our last furlough. I don't know if I ever shared it with you, but we were in a church and uh, we've been meeting under tents for the last 15 years. We shared our ministry and shared our burden and, and uh, there was a question and answer time and, and during that question and answer time, the question came up, what's your greatest need? And I said, we need a building. And uh, the next question that followed that question was, well, how much would a building cost? And I said, you know, in my mind, if I said what I know it's going to cost, they'd probably laugh. So I said at least $100,000 to start. A gentleman came up to me as I was standing in the back after the service, and he said, I'm going to write you out a check for that. And, and I was encouraged. Amen. Amen. The, the check was good. Amen. And, and, and what, what a blessing. But what God wants us to do, we, we, we wanted to build a building, and our church owned the, the land, uh, the municipality in which we lived, they forbid us to, to, to build, and so I ended up having to call that brother back who gave the money and said, you know, I will give you every dime back because you gave it to us for a specific purpose, and that purpose for which you've given it, we can't, it's not going to be a reality. Uh, however, we found some land, uh, and they're asking, told him how much they were asking, and he said, brother, we gave that to you as a gift. As long as you're using it for the Lord's work, God bless you. And so we were able to buy a parcel of land uh, to be able to begin uh, what we pray will soon be our campus in Ghana, West Africa. Our people have put together enough money to buy a block-making machine. Someone else donated and we were able to buy two block-making machines. So now we have the capacity to produce four blocks in 40 seconds. Amen. We're, we're going to need about 50,000 blocks to do our complete campus. The first phase is a small quantity. I believe a little bit, the, the exact number was 5,280 blocks. Anybody know what that is? Yes. Will you go the extra mile? Amen. And, and so we're just believing God that, that God is going to provide. Uh, our ladies uh, have a Shaw project. And uh, we stand up and model that, honey. Amen. Uh, we've been, we, $15,000 of these have been uh, donated. $15,000 have been donated by this as the uh, gift of, uh, I guess, the contact gift. Uh, so our ladies have made these. We have them in multiple, multiple colors and uh, actually black and white with all kinds of designs. And so God has used that greatly. Uh, and, and we're just looking to the Lord. Now, you can give us a million dollars. We'll give you one. But you have to at least <laughs> give a hundred. Amen. So uh, we're looking to the Lord to use that. Uh, to help us uh, to build. It all also will be an opportunity to employ and empower uh, women in our church who have uh, no other means of supporting themselves. Uh, so it'll be a blessing. So we thank the Lord for what he's doing. But you know what? Uh, to look backward at what God has done is not going to move us forward. Amen. 
God wants to do more. Amen. Amen anyway. God wants to do more, and, and, and I want to be a part of it. And let me just stop right here and say this. Thank you. Over the last 18 years, you sent me to Ghana. Amen. You have stood with us and allowed us to be an extension of your voice and your hands reaching lives in Ghana, West Africa. And I want to just thank you for your faithfulness, for the, for the gifts, the extras, and uh, just all the things that God has used you to do in our life and in our ministry. And it's our determination in the days ahead to, to do more. We're looking to the Lord to have at least 10 new young people, men and women in our Bible Institute as we start a, another term. And we're just praying and that God would burden their hearts. And as he gives me direction to where the, to send them to establish new works, that they would have a heart and a burden uh, to go out and uh, make it possible for us to plant uh, more fundamental, independent Bible preaching, King James Bible preaching churches. So God wants us to do more. We can't look back. So some take a backwards look. Don't be guilty of that. The, the scriptures give us good examples of those who look back. In Luke chapter 17, verse 32, it says, remember Lot's wife. She became a pillar of salt, highly ineffective, and if anything else, destructive, because what, is, what, what does salt do? You can have the hardest concrete in the world, but you put it in salt, it will dissolve. God, that we would not become ineffective because we're living in the past. Sister, forget about what happened. Thank God for what he did. There's greater things ahead. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Some take the downward look. Some take the upward look. Some take the inward look. Some take the outward look. Some take the backward look. Genesis chapter 19, verse 21, 26 says, but his wife looked behind him and she became a pillar of salt. 19, verse 62 says, Jesus said <clears throat> unto his disciples, unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for my kingdom. God's looking for some men. He's looking for some women, looking for some boys and girls who would not look back, that would recognize and realize that Christ is the course. Christ is the source. And Christ is the transmission. I want to just let you know that that has super significance in my life, that word transmission. Earlier this summer, I was in North Carolina, had my trailer on the car full of all kinds of things that were taking back to Ghana. I was driving up the hill going a 75 mile an hour. I think it was 75 per minute. And my transmission stopped. And all of a sudden, all I heard was, but I wasn't going anywhere. Can I say with, to you tonight, if you aren't in Christ, you can make all the noise you want to, but you're not going anywhere. 
We need to stay focused on him, knowing that he is the source, knowing that the course, that where he has us, we're in place, and that he's the transmission. He's the one that's going to conduct us to the expected end that he has. I want to look at the last, the last look. There's some who take a forward look. Hebrews chapter 12 says, looking unto Jesus, the Arthur and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. I hope tonight that we would be found among those taking a forward look. Those knowing that all that God wants to do in us and through us and with us, he's able to do it. As we keep our eyes on Jesus. Derek Redmond had the arm of his father. The one who coached him. The one that was there when, when no one else was there. Bringing him to that moment in life. That was the apex of his life. He didn't pass the finish line having experienced and accomplished the, the prowess that he had set his heart to. But he finished the race. Can I say to you tonight, we have a paraclete. We have a helper. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit that will help us to finish our race. Let's pray. Father, I thank you tonight. Lord, that in all the looks, Lord, you want us to look up. You want us to look out. And you want us to look forward. Lord, you want us to forget those things which are behind and press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. God, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you for the great things that you're going to do. Help us, Lord, to be faithful. Lord, that we would finish strong and give you the glory. We love you, Lord. Help us to love you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Adikesia.
Great things he has done, greater things he will do unto the Lord. Be the glory, great things He has done. How can I say thanks for the things you have done for me? Things so undeserved. Yet you gave to prove your love for me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am. And ever hope to be, I owe it all to thee. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be. For the things he has done with his blood, he has saved me. By his power, God has raised me to God be the glory for the done. Lord, let me live my life so that it may be pleasing, Lord, to thee. And should I gain any praise, let it go to Calvary. With his blood, he has saved me. With his power, God has raised me. To God be the glory for the things he has done. 